Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello. Welcome to your Hollywood Crime Scene mini episode. Hi. Hi, Desi. We're a little late. We're a little late, but it was really important that we get this episode out so that people stop sending me this story. That is our top story this week. Yes. I'm not mad. I'm actually flattered. I'm, I know. People know us. They know our brand. It's, we were sent this hundreds. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I'm just putting a PSA out to our listeners that Desi and I have seen the story. I saw the story when it first broke. Yeah. I, I, in fact, I saw the story and I'm like, people are going to send this to oh, us. Oh, 100%. Because it's right up our alley. Actually, one of our one of my mutuals DM'd me the story, and that's how I first saw it. Oh, but that was like two days ago, and I and I was really I, that was how I first saw it. One of okay. one of my mutuals. Yeah, and I saw it, and then we kept getting sent. We were emailed. It was put on the Discord. It was sent through us on Twitter, Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody it, texted it to me. I'm just laughing because it is an ideal story for us. And it's cute that everyone knows us so well. Yeah. Um, but I'm please, I'm begging oh, totally. you. I'm begging you stop sending the story. Because every time I see this image that's attached to the story, I I do a jump. It's like a jump scare. Really? I'm haunted by it. Oh, yeah. It doesn't bother me that um, much. I love this story, yeah. though. So we're going to talk about our top story. This is from The Cut. But it's also been posted everywhere else. Oh, yeah. How did 300 pounds of pasta end up in the woods? Mm. This article is by Daniel Cohen. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's not that long, but she says, I recently learned of a truly heinous pasta crime that took place naturally in New Jersey. Wow, that's shots fired against New Jersey. Well, it is very Polly Walnuts. Like, you know he's involved somehow. (laughs) (laughs) Dropping off pasta in the woods. Got to get rid of it. Somewhere in the woods in the suburban town of Old Bridge, somebody dumped several hundred pounds of uncooked pasta on the ground. It's uncooked? uncooked. It It looks cooked. Because it's with sauce, right? Some of it? Obviously, several follow-up questions came to mind. How did the pasta get there? Who would do such a thing? What kind of vehicles required to even transport that much food? According to an Old Bridge resident named Nina Jacknowitz, who appears to be the have been the first person called to the scene, mm. the big dump happened sometime near the end of April. Jacknowitz a community leader who frequently fields local complaints told the New York Times that she received a call from a woman claiming to have stumbled on a, quote, pile of pasta dumped on the side of the stream. 
Jocknowitz, by her own account, rushed over to find an assortment of spaghetti, linguine, and penne collected in large muddy piles alongside a creek about 30 feet from the road. So I'm guessing that the pasta was dumped dry, and then it it got wet, and it like got soft. Maybe. According to this article from The Cut. I like this woman who's in charge of minor complaints. Is this just like an unofficial position? (laughs) Several different metrics have been offered to communicate just how much pasta was dumped. By Jocknowitz's estimate, 300 to 500 pounds, stretching over 25 feet. Or in the words of the the town's business administrator, Himanshu Shah, 15 wheelbarrow loads. Shaw informed the press via email that once word of the pasta fiasco reached the Old Bridge Public Works Department, two employees managed to clean it up in less than an hour. Really? Shaw clarified that, contrary to Jocknowitz's previous claim that the pasta was cooked, it had, ac- it had actually been left there in its dried form and glommed into an al dente, my words, not his, following several days of rain. Oh, I'm looking at the pictures now. I guess the reason it looks sauced is because it's like the mud or debris from the ground. Because if you look at this image, just a quick glance of it, it looks like a bunch of spaghetti with red sauce. Right. And this, I mean, what is this kind of macaroni looking noodle? See, that's like a curve, right? They said there was penne, spaghetti, and I think linguine. I know. But that's also uh, macaroni. I like how they differentiated between spaghetti and linguine. Just that's like- <laughs> really fancy. I don't know if they... Wait, I, I need to scroll I back I mean, some up. of it I can tell that it doesn't look cooked. But it's very, um, it's very soft looking. Because it's like curly looking in this picture. I mean, this is a lot of pasta. I just see this is even more confusing to me because I assumed it was cooked and sauced and they had no way of getting it. Like maybe it was a catering event. But how much pasta? (laughs) Who, how many people? But why would you get rid of that much dry pasta? Do you know what I mean? Where it could be given away to like food pantries or whatever. Like, yeah, this seems like a huge food waste, which is really unfortunate. Um, I'm going to continue. Meanwhile, uh-huh. after Jocknowitz, who's the community leader, posted photos of the offensive starch mounds to Facebook, the mystery took off. Residents have flooded local Facebook groups and Reddit threads with pasta puns, outraged diatribes on the town's sanitation failures, and photos of noodles they threw on the ground for some reason. Already, amateur sleuths are pointing mm. their fingers at a predictable list of culprits. <gasps> Straganona? Christopher Moltisanti. Oh. They're blaming. Oh, so these are joke things. <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, I thought they had real, real answers. The, the Super Mario Brothers movie PR team. They're mm, saying this is a stunt. Maybe. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jocknowitz told the Times that she is, quote, in conversation with the family that did the big pasta dump via an individual who knows the family. Oh, so they do kind of know. I'm sorry, what? I'm going to need a lot more information. These are Daniel Cohen's words from the article. So is Old Bridges Police Department. I think it's very funny that the police are investigating this. Right. Is this illegal? Is this illegal dumping? Because to me, it's like, well, can't the animals just eat it? Yeah. 
Because it's in like a forest or something. Am I right? Or is it not that deep in? It's by a creek. It looks like in a wooded area. I do think part of what makes this story so funny (laughs) is that they really thought, they're like, it's springtime. It's not going to rain anymore. We're done with the rainy season. And it just rained and made all the pasta wet. You think that the people who dumped it were like, oh, it's safe. (laughs) It won't get wet. I don't know what they thought. I need to know everything about the people who dumped it and why this was their option. And wh- and where why did they have so much pasta? And why how what were they thinking when they're carrying all this pasta into the woods and dumping it? Do you know what I mean? Like how did they do this? How did they maneuver it? How did they maneuver it? Why if they were going to the trouble of dumping it somewhere, why didn't they dump it in a actual dump why isn't it in garbage bags it's so weird i i just like 500 pounds i i'm i'm so baffled by these people and why did everyone know it was them i want answers i need to see this family i need to know about this (laughs) i need someone to sit down and interview them because you know it you know they got a lot of wild stories if Mm. everyone in the neighborhood was like it's the Guadalajara, like whatever their name is. <laughs> the Guadalajara. I was trying to think of an Italian name and nice. that's what came out. I have it's no the, idea. It's the Gabagol it's family. The Gabagol, the Gabagol the family. They're at it again. They, <laughs> once again, it's the pepperoni they made family. too much fucking pasta and now it's our trouble to deal with. Jesus. This is, this is, <laughs> this is anti-Italian discrimination going on. Yeah. They're assume, I, yeah. Look, they're not, they're not a um, credit to their... Uh, Italian heritage right mm. now because mm. they're making a mockery of uh, now everyone's going to be look at the Italians they always dump 500 pounds of pasta right but we're all assuming it was an Italian family Christopher Moltisanti that's true that's true we don't but, know uh, yeah you're Ma- right I don't think an Italian would waste all that pasta maybe they uh, I was going to say it wasn't cooked I was going to say maybe they overcooked <laughs> we can't eat this it's not al dente dump it in the forest Ma, ma, come on! How am I going to do that? I don't think get the wheelbarrow. I don't think any Italian would would waste this much pasta. I I, I cry no foul. I need to know this needs to be solved. Mm. And why are we not exposing this family? Maybe they've gone through some hardships, right? And I don't want the police to investigate this. No, but just for our own. Knowledge. I think I think it's up to the community to figure this out. I think they should be treated as heroes. Whoever solves this? <laughs> no, whoever dumped it. Really? That way, that way they'll come out. They gave us a nice little uh, story this week. Everyone seemed to enjoy it. That's true. We didn't have to focus on the coronation. We mm. could focus on this pasta. You know, something interesting. A very Hollywood crime scene story. Yeah. Like, they. what's the harm? No, mm. no harm was done. No harm was done. Unless we find out they, like, stole the pasta and had to get rid of it or something. Like, I guess there could be, but we don't know. Come forward. That's We're not why, mad. That's why we have answers or questions. And if you are the pasta dumper, please email us at hollywoodcrimescene at gmail.com. We'd like to invite you on the show because we... We have questions. We have a lot of questions about this. And we're really pasta lovers. We're pasta lovers. So we want to know why you disrespected the pasta like We also this. love spills. We love any kind of spill that's happening, especially if it's a food-related spill. Yeah, so. We don't like food waste, but we enjoy no. co- we enjoy covering um, 
pasta spills, Alfredo spills. We will we will come. Your interview will be met with an open mind. Mm. We want to hear what happened. We don't. It might have been your your only option. Right. We, <laughs> we don't, don't know. know. We don't we know don't the know. circumstances. Maybe your town is very difficult to get rid of large quantities of pasta. Tell us your side of the story. Yeah, we want to know. Maybe for it's sure. a revenge story. Ooh. Ooh. Who's produced? Oh, they must have like burgled a pasta factory to get this much pasta. <laughs> I just need no to one know. bought this much pasta at a grocery store. I just. There's like so many aspects. I, I have like minuscule little questions like, was it boxed? Did you take it out of the box? That's what I'm How saying. How did you move it from your car or truck to the creek? How, Why not just go to a dumpster? How much does one box of spaghetti weigh? Less than a pound? No, a box of pasta is a pound. Each oh yeah, pot, you're right. Each pot, each <laughs> right, it is. Because yeah. I've, I've cooked that Trust whole thing. me, I'm always like looking at how many servings it is. <laughs> and it's like, look, I, I'm telling you, I eat way more than it's suggested. <laughs> It's the serving size on the box of spaghetti is always like... It's two ounces. Yeah, it's so stupidly small. Yeah, it's crazy. It's not enough for me. Um, no. So, yeah, I, I need to know like exactly how this transpired. Have you done it before? This is the first time you got caught. Like, why not just put it in your garbage or dumpsters? Like, people I know will often dump in other people's dumpsters, which is like not cool, but that's something I know happens. But why the forest or whatever this place is? I feel like with this much pasta, they would have to drive around to several different dumpsters to dispose of it. Yeah. I'm not excusing the behavior. I need to know too, like how, how much, I wish I had like a, like, you know how they put it like a little quarter next to something you see on Etsy? Mm. I want to see like how big these piles are. They're huge, Desi. Yeah. They're huge. Anyway, thank you for tagging us in this story. We will keep you updated. If there is an update, we will have a close eye on this. Yes. So for sure. We'll keep you posted if we find out any more information about this. Moving on. This is was gonna be our top story this week if the pasta didn't happen. Oh. I was gonna ask you to do it. Talk about the story because it's a local story. Mm. And this is from the Los Angeles Times. A full body orgasm at the LA <laughs> Phil. Yes. Witnesses offer conflicting accounts. Molly Grant was enjoying the Los Angeles Philharmonic's performance of Tchaikovsky's Fifth Symphony on Friday at the Walt Disney Concert Hall when she heard what she described as a scream-slash-moan erupt from the balcony. Everyone kind of turned to see what was happening. Grant, who was seated near the person who allegedly made the noise, told the Times on Sunday in a phone interview, I saw the girl after it happened. And I assumed that she had an orgasm because she was heavily breathing and her partner was smiling and looking at her like in an effort not to shame her, said Grant, who works for a jewelry company and lives in Los Feliz. It was quite beautiful. Multiple people who attended the L.A. Phil concert on Friday reported hearing a woman making moaning noises during the symphony's second movement. One attendee, composer and music producer Magnus Fines, described the sound on Twitter as that of a person having a, quote, loud and full body orgasm. An alleged audio recording of the moment where someone can be heard crying out during a quiet beat of the music what? was making the rounds on social media. Attendees who spoke to the Times said that the clip was similar to what they'd heard. 
Friends who went to the LA Philharmonic last night are reporting that in the middle of the show, some lady had a screaming orgasm to the point where the whole orchestra stopped playing. Now, this was the first tweet that I saw reporting on this. This this was a tweet from journalist Jocelyn Silver. Some people know how to really know how to live. However, people in attendance said that the musicians played through the disturbance. I Yeah, because this is, I saw this woman's tweet first, and then, then I saw a quote tweet that was like, you weren't even there. They didn't stop playing. Yeah, she had an orgasm. Right. But don't make up uh, lies to make the story more interesting. Oh. They didn't stop the concert because wow. this lady came. Yeah. This guy is a serious Philharmonic stand. They really owned her. <laughs> Uh, classical p- pianist Sharon Sue tweeted that she checked with someone who works at the LA Phil and they confirmed that the orchestra continued playing throughout the commotion. The Times has since confirmed that the orchestra kept performing <laughs> and that there were no further disruptions. Mm. It's still unclear. Like, they don't want to slander the orchestra. They're well, professionals. Also, it's likely they didn't even hear if they're having... Because they're in the thick of the music, right? Like, it's probably really loud for them. Yeah. Um, I just love the idea that someone's getting fingered at the symphony. They can't wait to get home. Ugh. I mean, some people are just so extra. I... <laughs> and they did it, like, in a packed theater. I need do we, so we don't know who they are. Yeah, come forward. <laughs> if you were getting fingered to Tchaikovsky, if you dumped the pasta or got fingered <laughs> the LA Philharmonic, we want you on the show. <laughs> we, we yeah, we re- you're you're the kind of guest that Hollywood crime scene wants we, to have on. Yeah, we love celebrity guests, and you guys are our type of celebrity. Did you see friend of the pod and former guest Matt Lieb made a audio recording of? Coming during no, he he made his own. It was really it. funny. He was okay. like, oh. <laughs> did you though hear the woman coming in the song at the gym? Wait, today? Yes. Wait, I heard a guy behind us go, oh no. There was a techno whatever EDM tape song, and the woman was like, ah, oh, ah, oh, in the song, oh. but it went on for a very long time. <laughs> And I was just on the treadmill looking around at people, but no one no one noticed, I guess, or were ignoring it. I had my headphones in. Oh, I was laughing so hard because I was like, what the hell? Like, this is a really funny song to play at the gym because it was literally <laughs> an orgasm sound. It wasn't like just moans like a gym person. Mm. It went on for a very long time as well. A little too long. Well, the, that it was noticeable that yeah. you, it was coming from the song. It was very funny. But yeah. We have some more... We have some more eyewitness testimonies. From the symphony? From the symphony. Do you want to hear them? Sure. One attendee who was seated in the road directly behind the person who made the noise when it appeared, said it appeared as if the woman was waking up from a sleep attack when she made the sound. How would they ever know that? (laughs) That's so specific. (laughs) Pretty quickly, she sort of fell onto her partner's shoulders and then onto his lap and then her body went limp. What? Recalled the audience member who requested anonymity to discuss the incident. (laughs) Maybe like five seconds later, she kind of awoke, and that's when she let out a scream. 
The audience member who was seated in the row by the person said that she had previously witnessed a person with narcolepsy experience a sleep attack. And when she saw the L.A. Phil seemed, what she saw at the L.A. Phil seemed similar. After the woman made the noise, her partner said another woman seated next to her asked if she was okay, and she replied that she was, according to an audience member who reported overhearing the exchange. I know someone else mentioned she was smiling, but I'm pretty sure she was really just really embarrassed because other people were looking at her, the audience member told the Times. Another concert goer emailed the Times to say he heard the noise but did not think it was a sound full of ecstasy. Now, then they go on to... Wait, did, I didn't hear it. Okay, this is funny. Silver Lake resident and music agent Lucas Burton said the sound from the audience member was wonderfully timed to a romantic swell in the symphony. Music manager. <laughs> One can't know exactly what happened, but it seemed very clear from the sound that it was an expression of pure physical joy, Burton said. A sort of classical musical equivalent of that scene in a movie where someone is talking loudly in a party or nightclub and then the record suddenly stops and they say something that everyone hears. That happens to me all the time. Mm. <laughs> While the outburst was clearly an unusual and surprising moment for class for a classical music concert, Burton described it as rather wonderful and refreshing. Ugh, who is this guy? <laughs> He's trying way too hard. He's insufferable. He's honestly trying a little too hard. Why can't he just admit it was very funny? It's comedy. Yes. I mean, hopefully she is okay. There was it this, sounds he, like maybe I'm there sorry. is something. He, he continues. Oh, no. This guy, Burton. There was this sort of gasp in the audience. But I think everyone felt that it was a rather lovely expression of somebody who was so transported by the music that it had some kind of effect on them physically or, dare I say, sexually. <sighs> and that's how the article ends. Gross. I, at this point, I feel bad for this woman who came because every, news stories are, dice, we're di- dissecting this. People well, know. She's forever the woman who came at the L.A. Phil. Even if it was some kind of sleep attack right because uh what's that called like sleep paralysis where you feel like someone's sitting on your chest and it's like a succubus yeah you see a sleep demon yeah what if that was happening that would be scary and you're at the symphony and you wake up and you wake up and and everyone's like she's coming (laughs) (laughs) right is it a single yelp did you Uh, hear it i did hear it and it's kind of frightening yeah, that's why it makes it seem like it wasn't her coming, right? Because it would be a buildup more. I don't know, but maybe the buildup was too quiet to hear with the sound of the maybe. symphony. Because the symphony, but people is, saw her though, right? It seems like it's split. Like there's people who believe she was coming, and then there's people who believe, yeah, that she was having some sort of a night terror. Yeah. But did people- I feel like if she came, she'd want to be known. Yeah, it was me. Yeah, I came. I came so, at the orchestra. I like those cellos. <laughs> that part where it gets quiet, I love it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because that's more of an exhibitionist type deal. To get fingered at the fill? Uh, yes. The LA fill. Yeah, and come really loudly during a quiet part. I just feel like, um, she'd, be like she'd walk out looking all hot and fucked. 
That's like, naughty. Yeah, me. That is a naughty thing to do. Because is a symphony horny? Is that a horny place? I don't think so. It's not a horny place, but it's so not horny. Maybe it is horny. Right. It's so... <laughs> um, it's stuffy, right? It's very subversive to get fingered at the symphony. I'm leaning towards she had some kind of sleep attack. Wow. I'm surprised at you. Because I don't really buy that someone would do that. And I also feel like she would let it be known if it was her. Right. And if I feel it, like she is embarrassed. If it was you, would you tell everyone? Would you say I I'm- would never do something like that. Mm. So I come, don't know. Come. Desi would never come at the symphony. I would I can say that <laughs> it's not even on my bucket list. <laughs> I don't even think Desi goes to the symphony. Um I don't, but I do have something I want to go to. It's symphony related. What is it? It is a um, Hollywood Bowl. They're playing 2001 A Space Odyssey with a live orchestra. Uh, oh, cool. That sounds cool to me. You know what else Desi would go to? What? Is a live symphony of that Aaron Copeland song. Is that the <laughs> composer's Beef name? What's for Dinner? The song yeah. from the commercial beef it's what's for dinner um i would i would leave after that song see that would make me come no i'm just kidding <laughs> also here's the other thing i feel like people who like to do stuff like that like exhibitionist but or like doing things where you're not supposed to mm. you don't want to get caught right this the the um hotness of it is secretly doing something and no no one knows but you might get caught you might get caught but you i feel like you'd stifle your orgasm because it's kind of hotter in those situations to not let anyone know. It's like you. It's like in those movies where they cover her mouth, right? Because they don't want anyone to hear. Yeah. So it's a different vibe, I think, to be full throttle with it. <laughs> I mean, maybe this was her first time doing exhibitionist yeah, stuff. She didn't know how to maintain her composure. The guy is like introducing her into the world of exhibitionism. I think the fact that people were directly behind her in front of her, though, makes it... I trust their testimony yeah. more than the music guy who, from Silver Lake. Who thinks it's beautiful. <laughs> He's acting like it was a performance art. And it's just like, <laughs> I don't think so, dude. I honestly... <laughs> <laughs> who is this guy? I'm. You know he's probably like... He he's definitely trapped people in conversations at party that they wanted to get out of. <laughs> Burton, if you listen to the pod, come on the pod. I want to interview. I want to interview this guy too. He's going to show like, up in an ascot. Yeah, he thought it was performance art. Our next story is from yesterday from globalnews.ca. Ooh, my favorite. But this was but this was posted other places as well. Somebody mowed a giant dick into the lawn at King Charles's coronation event site. Ooh, nice. As far as pranks go, this one will be hard to beat. Pranksters have mowed a giant symmetrical erect penis into the lawn of a venue where a major coronation celebration is set to occur. Do you want to see a picture of this? Of course. It's a pretty impressively big cock. It's, It's good work. Oh, wow. It's a nice little um, line drawing. It's a line drawing with two balls. It's, it's, very, it's very elegant. It's an elegant erect cock. According to multiple outlets, the 30-foot phallus wow. appeared overnight on the lawn of the Royal Crescent in Bath, England, and was visible Thursday. Mm. The site is scheduled to host a Georgian-themed grand coronation party on Saturday, 
oh, so I wonder if they fixed that in time. I'm sure they did. They probably, it was probably very easy. They to just fix, sprinkled right? some sod over it. <laughs> I don't know what they would do. They have to do the other grass. Probably. But you know, the royals, they were like outraged. Ooh. Oh, we need to fix this. <laughs> Maybe aliens did it. Mm. Celebrate the 300th anniversary of the Georgian era, a flyer for the Royal Crescent event reads. Decorate your own regal crown. Watch demonstrations on royal fashion and visit the Georgian cook cooking up delicious recipes in the kitchen. While many are likely tickled by the cocky prank, it's sure to rub others the wrong way. Mm. I'm sure there are some assholes who aren't fun who were very upset about yeah. this, disrespecting the crown. They had to like unbutton their top button because they were so upset. This Royal Crescent is a tourist destination Ooh. in Bath. It's known for its perfect lawn that dates back to the 18th century. I mean, it is a nice lawn to put a big dick on. Because mm. it's so perfect, You, it's kind of asking for it. And it's large. It's very large. Did you see the... um? Blue iceberg that looked like a dick. I did. People sent us that story yeah. a lot too. A lot of dick stuff happening this mm. week. Our final story, tangentially related to the Royals, mm. is about Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, don't email me. I don't want to hear it. We all know Prince Andrew is a fucking sick little freak. Yeah. This is from NPR. Financier buys Jeffrey Epstein's private islands <gasps> with plans to create a resort. Who would go to that? It's Pedophile like, Island. Come on. Come on down. <laughs> your luxury suite. I love the idea of like some multimillionaire telling his friends he's going to a resort and he's like, now, they're like, where are you going? He's like, now, don't freak out, but it's at the same site as Pedophile Island. But it's not Pedophile Island yeah, anymore. It's a beautiful location. You can't uh, find this little <laughs> location anywhere. The beach is pristine. It's not Pedophile <laughs> Island anymore. No. It's totally redone. Um, that's crazy. The private islands that were a nexus in Jeffrey Epstein's depraved abuse and trafficking of young women and underage girls will be turned into a resort destination <gasps> by a U.S. billionaire. Great St. James and Little St. James have been in limbo since Epstein's death in 2019. Financier Stephen Deckoff paid $60 million for Great St. James and Little St. James through his SD investment firm, a spokesman told NPR. Deckoff is the founder of Black Diamond Capital Management. Sounds evil. It sounds really evil. The, this, the purchase ref- price reflects a steep discount. I bet. From the $110 million for which the two properties were recently listed. Little St. James spans about 71.6 acres and includes a helipad, private dock, gas station, high-capacity water filtration, two pools, the main compound, four guest villas, three private beaches, a gym, tiki hut, and other buildings according to its real estate listing. I would love to talk to the real estate agent who had to list this property. It's like when they have to tell you a murder happened. Yeah. But it's like way worse in a way. <laughs> like it's so invasive and gross. The pair of islands initially went on the market in March of 2022 with a $125 million asking price. Damn. So this is quite a reduction. This billionaire is Wait, like how much should he pay? $60 million. So it's like half. Yeah, he's like, wow, what a steal. I could own Pedophile Island. This is 
why the worst people have the most money. Like, truly, just, like, just do to- something with this money that can help people. Sir, truly, like, who is this for? No, it's also a bad business decision because no one's going there. There's so many other beautiful islands. Just, I don't know. I don't know what to. I don't know what the answer is to do with this land. But surely, I feel it's like not building a luxury resort. Yeah, the, maybe using it for some nice purpose or like charitable purpose. But for this, like, or like a animal conservation yeah like something like i don't know where it's like a changing the vibes it's <laughs> not, not it's this not isn't a, changing the it's vibes. not a luxury resort the two islands which lie just off saint thomas and the u.s virgin islands figured prominently in the civil and criminal cases blah 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 that's especially true of little saint james where numerous young women have said in court papers they were taken via private jet before being ordered to perform sexual acts with Epstein and other men. I mean, I do feel like certain places just have such an evil history. You just have to let them go. Like you can't start doing things. It's sort uh, of, like fun, like party stuff at them. It's like how people have weddings at plantations. Yes, like, like come on. That's that's like, just that's no longer an option. Uh, for you, right, to have a, a a celebration. What are you doing? Dekoff, who lives in the U.S. Virgin Islands, said he plans to build a world class destination on the two islands. He pledged that the project will bring economic benefits to the region while also respecting its local culture and natural beauty. Dekoff said he is in the process of hiring architects and engineers to develop the resort, adding that it could open as early as 2025. Oh, see, that's where I'm confused. Are there locals? Like pe- I thought it was a private. I thought it was a private island where it was just his residence, like a very small island that just housed him, basically. Like, I don't know. I should have looked yeah. more into this. Because um, obviously, yeah, the locals shouldn't suffer, but it's still weird. It's just weird. I just don't think people... I mean, I could be wrong. Look, I'm never surprised when extremely wealthy people do weird shit. I just can't You'd imagine. Think, I just yeah. can't imagine wanting to go there on a vacation. But I think the thing that is happening sometimes is rich people are so rich, even they can't be canceled in a way, so they don't care, right? They're not going to suffer a consequence, yeah. necessarily. Yeah. So why not do what they want? And they're all friends with this other billionaire guy. They're all just going there having we go daiquiris. To his, yeah, we got to go to his new place. It's fabulous. Right. It's, it's not like, pedophile island anymore. And then there's probably even a sick uh, thrill, right? Ugh. Like, I, I wouldn't doubt it, though. People are disgusting. Yeah. Um, anyway, those are our news stories. We'll be right back. Bye. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings with big cash back at hundreds of stores. Don't miss headliners like Canon, Fenty Beauty, and Dyson 
I can't wait to shop for all of my summer fashion and beauty needs, and we'll definitely be checking out Ulta and Adidas. Rakuten really is the best way to shop. You can really save by stacking cash back on top of other deals. And during Big Give Week, the cash back is bigger than ever. It's the time to shop for everything you need for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Membership is free, and it's all happening May 6th to May 13th. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost on top of Big Give Week cashback rates. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Rakuten is the shopping platform to save while shopping. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money, and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. Desi... I'm almost caught up with Drag Race. <gasps> I'm watching season 14. Oh my God. Which is the second most recent season. It is also, I remember the discourse when this cast was announced because it was really, what was really striking and controversial about it was part of the cast one of the cast members was the first straight man to be featured as a queen on Drag Race. Oh, yes. So Maddie Morphosis. Right. I remember this. Is the queen. And there, I just remember the discourse around it. And I remember people obviously like <laughs> dunking on her because it was just so like, what? Um, anyway, I'm not going to get into any discourse now. That's just the current season. I'm watching... A lot of great queens, though. Love Willow Pill. I stan her. I just love her. I want to be friends with her. I think her drag's amazing, and I think she's really pretty. I don't know who that is yet, so I'll catch up soon. I've known about her, like, for a bit, and especially when, like, recently she obviously appeared at season 15's finale and she wore this incredible pink willow tree Mm -hmm. dress. It was just like stunning. Yeah, I love it. It was like one of those looks where she came out and it was like you gasp when you look at it. Yeah. Um, I love her. Anyway, that's that's like my drag race corner, my drag Mm -hmm. race update. 
All Stars is coming out soon. The new All Stars. Is it eight? Oh, yeah. I saw the cast recently. I think Darian Lake's on it. Darian Lake's on it, who I love. Mm-hmm. And Heidi N. Closet is also on it, who I also love. Yeah. I think she's wonderful. You need... I haven't finished all all, all of the All-Stars either. I mm. need to... Uh, I think I only went up to four. So I have like three more to watch. Yeah. I'm going to just binge it all. You, As you know, you can get through these seasons very so fast. Quickly. <laughs> especially, especially on streaming because you don't have to worry about the commercials because there's so many commercial breaks. Yeah. So it's so, nice to not have the commercials. Totally. So yeah, I'll catch up on that. Um, I am. I did start Fatal Attraction. It's so good. The the TV show. The TV show. It's on Paramount Plus. Ding. Our our favorite <laughs> streamer. It's so good though, and I'm I'm kind of mad because there's not a new episode till Sunday. Uh, it stars Joshua Jackson and Lizzie Kaplan. It looks good. Joshua Jackson, because it's like a time jumping type show, so it's like him now and then him in the past. We're seeing the story uh, in the past. Mm. Uh, he's a wreck in the present. Yeah. He's never looked worse. He's supposed to look bad, right? Yeah. But it, but I was like, oh my God, they did a good job at making him not as hot as normal. Because he's pretty hot. He's so hot, but they really like his hair. And the other funny thing is in the past... At least like the first episode, it seems like they kind of didn't do it as much. The second two, he kind of had Michael Douglas style tear. And it was very disconcerting to see that because it's like... The combed back. The combed back, which is very whatever that time period was, late 80s, early 90s. Or like that Wall Street era Michael Douglas look. Michael Douglas hasn't changed his hair since. No, he's always had it, but it was weird to see Joshua Jackson with that kind of right, style because right. I was like, what? Is this a period piece? Like, no one has that hair anymore also, except Michael Douglas. Also, Lizzie Kaplan's hair is very 80s to me as well. Yeah, just so the, I don't, it must be intentional. Just the wave of her hair looks like that 80s perm kind of. And I of. will say, there is something Glenn Close about her in this performance, and I don't know. Because there's some lines that carry over, uh, well, for sure. In the trailer, she does say the iconic line, "I'm not going to be ignored." Yes, Dan. Yes. So they're definitely putting little nods in to the original and her performance. It's like, well, first of all, we're start seeing more of her um, history, yeah, uh, than we do in the movie. Oh, that's interesting. So we are seeing that this is a a pattern for her, right? Right. right. Um, and it's just, it's really good. I like it. I'm surprised. I'm surprised how good it is. Cause I didn't know what to think, like how they were going to do it. Kind of, it was one of those things where obviously the talent is there, right. but it's like, how are they going to execute this? Cause that's sometimes where good ideas and good cast fail mm. the execution. And I think it's really good. I think our listeners will like it. It's very juicy. It's very soapy. Uh, and I can't wait till Sunday. I want to see it. I also want to check out, there's a TV version of Dead Ringers. Oh, right. With Rachel Weisz. That's supposed to be really good. And I really want to watch that as well. Yeah. Is that on Peacock or it's on one of them? It's on one of those sites that we pay for now. And then I also like, I'm like on the fence, but I kind of want to watch that Menendez Menudo documentary. Wait. (laughs) There's a what? 
Did you see the story about Menudo and Menendez brothers? No. Oh my God. Did I? What, refresh my memory. Okay. Uh, maybe Why? two weeks ago, one of the members of Menudo came out and said he was sexually abused by the Menendez brothers' father. Yes, I did see this. Okay, we need to do a Menendez brothers <laughs> episode on our main show. I mean, I almost fell out of my chair only because this proves what they were saying all along might be true. Right. That this guy was a child abuser. Because that was their big defense in court, the Menendez brothers. Right. And I'm not saying it necessarily means they're innocent. I don't know. Like, I I need more details, obviously. But it is the first time we're sort of getting evidence outside of them saying that this guy uh, was a child molester or abuser or sexual assault or like whatever the level is. I don't know all the details. I mean, I think we all kind of knew he was like a piece of shit guy. The dad. The dad, right? Um, But people kind of widely mocked their accusations because they thought they were just lying to get out of, um, you know, going to prison for, for killing the parents. So... And obviously this element is like Menudo. I mean, that was such a huge band at the time. And that in and of itself is such an interesting story. This whole history of Menudo, I would love to get into. We should do a Menudo episode. Just the way they were kind of aged out. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. And I, I don't know enough about it, but I'm, I wonder what's going on there. Like, is that a Lou Pearlman situation? Did they have a weird manager type? We need to look into it. Is there, yeah. a, is there a book on Menudo? Did any of the Menudo guys, did Ricky Martin write a book about it? I mean, he's probably the biggest success story, right? Yeah. I mean, for sure. But, uh, yeah, I would love to. I would love to. Lead. I mean, I remember Menudo. They were like in Bop. Like they were so big. They were one of the boy bands, one of the original boy bands. It's yeah. May's already. We're done. We're almost done with May. Well, actually, Menudo May. May. <laughs> I was like, we could have done. We could have done Menudo Menendez May. I mean, that would have been great. But I think I, I feel like we got to get on it because I bet you there's some juicy shit there. Because, juicy shit. Stompanato. <laughs> um, I I. Especially like a lot of a lot of those kids are bitter, right? Because mm. they put their whole life into this band and then would just get kicked out by when being they hit puberty, basically. Like that is crazy. And I do remember kind of like hearing some people being bitter for sure, or being it wasn't handled in the most you know humane way. Like it was just kind of like, "Bye, you're gone." Right. Uh, so I definitely feel like there's something there. Uh, and then there's a a Hulu. I think documentary that just came out. I'm always skeptical of those things because they obviously just rush this shit out. And I, I think it's a sensitive story that needs to be handled with care. Yes. It would also be interesting to just sort of do a retrospective of this era because in the eighties and up to the mid nineties, there was, it was very prompt there. These young boys, like young boy bands, like, like, Teenage new edition, new edition, and, another bad creation. Yeah. Um, crisscross. Oh god! You know who I was obsessed with? Immature. Oh, I was obsessed with Immature when I was little. Right, because we all know the big ones, but there was a lot. But that a were lot just of like these the lower were like, tier. Yeah. Well, they were they were just like it was this category like new edition where it was like young boys in these boy bands. Yes. Yeah, and a lot of times. Um, 
we're, we're dealing with, like we saw when we did the Lou Pearlman episode, you're dealing with parents who don't really know what's right. Do you know what I mean? They don't know what's what's normal in yeah. the music industry and they kind of can get taken advantage of. And I know we obviously talked about New Edition a lot in our two-part Bobby Brown episode, but it would be interesting to sort of go back and take a look at this era of these oh totally of these um kid boy bands i'm i'm they're kids they're not it. they're not like it's like the oldest one in the group was like 14 of these kids yes. you know i'm like rewatching um real housewives of atlanta and i'm on a season now and one of the women she was from that group black Oh my God, yes. And her husband is Ronnie DeVoe. And I'm always like, every time he's on, I'm like, how can I focus on anything else? Right. It's also funny because she's always like, whenever she talks about her husband, she's like, the legend, Ronnie DeVoe. And I was like, girl, it's like kind of, but like, you know, it's like, whatever. She's definitely trying to build her husband up. Oh, It's cute, but it's kind of like, well, I mean, yeah, Balbev DeVoe. <laughs> they rule, but... <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, it's very funny because he looks exactly the same, but he's older. Yeah. It's just very funny to see him. I'm like, oh my God, like... Mm. And he, I, I think because on the show, he's always doing some, he's always doing those concerts that are probably like at like, you know, uh, county fair type shows. Those are all, I'm, I'm the age where those are the shows I want to I, I, I was saying we need to go because I want to see like black Belle Biv DeVoe, <laughs> like that era of like st- music together. Like those kind of bands, like nineties R&B would be really fun. Yeah. I know. Didn't we see one at like. Casino Morongo once. Uh, there was like not we didn't okay. go to it, but we saw like a billboard or something. I don't know, but I follow John B on Instagram and he's all he still tours. Like that guy tours so much and he posts videos of his concerts and a lot of them are at casinos and they're always packed. Totally. Like they're packed. And I'm like, that's that's the that's the kind of concert I want to go to. I want to go to. I think I saw it was like the billboard for SWV or something at Casino Morongo or something like that. And it was some other festival. It was like the title of the. It was like some f- festival, and it was the title of it was like, "Hey, bitch, you're fucking old. You need, yeah. You need uh, Botox and um, possibly a facelift. You should go to this concert. Johnny Gill will be there. Johnny Gill will be there." <laughs> Keith Sweat's gonna make an appearance. Oh yes, yeah. SWV's headlining. Uh, One Twelve might be there. No, I want to go. The great thing about those show- shows too is they're like really affordable. Usually, they're very affordable, and it's like all these artists that I was like a kid and maybe and like didn't get a chance to see in their heyday, quote unquote. Right. Um, yeah. I think it would be fun. But yeah, so I'm down for boy band, whatever type of thing we can do. Wait, wasn't your first concert Tiffany? Who was your first concert? (laughs) Why did I think your first concert was Tiffany? No, it wasn't Tiffany. It was with your mom, right? I I mean, I went to a lot of concerts with my mom. So my first concert would probably be like, I don't know, Elton John. Like like one of those artists, the Rolling Stones. Like I, I have no idea. I don't really remember... You might be thinking of a Leonard Skinner concert. That's the one I'm thinking that about. That was not my like first a reunion. concert. It, it was, was like, like a reunion Leonard Skinner concert that yes. you went to with your mom. Yes, that I went to, and that's where I got peed on. Yes, <laughs> that's a just to have the story. complete Leonard Skinner experience. <laughs> so gross. I got pissed on by a drunk Leonard Skinner fan. Gross. 
at the Long Island Coliseum. Oh, the story just keeps getting worse and worse. <laughs> um, I, I I honestly can't. I don't have like a strong memory of my first concert. I did see like Depeche Mode in concert. Oh, wow. Um, I ministry. <laughs> I saw a lot. I'm of, just guessing. I saw some bands at Limelight for sure that were like very 90s like KMFDM wow like that kind of yeah. when te- when that kind of stuff was really like in. industrial industrial cuz you could go to limelight and see that type of band yeah. and it would be past their prime maybe right, or right. like whatever but you're like cool let's go see of them course. right and then yeah i mean i saw a lot of that kind of stuff in the 90s but i can't remember my first concert I don't have a strong memory. I saw Morrissey. Of course you did. That was like a big one, even though he's a piece of shit now. Yeah. It was fun back then. Of course. Of course. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. So I that's all I'm watching, I think, outside of like the usual succession. Um, succession. Um, succession is so funny because it's like, the writing on it's so funny because every week some like insane thing like it I always will open Twitter before I've watched the episode and people are tweeting some nonsensical phrase they're like you know Ralph Lauren sucky fucky and I'm like oh some this obviously happened on succession yeah, Roman clearly somebody said something, said something <laughs> stupid like it's just some dumb absurd little snippet and then you watch it and you see it in context on the show yes um, yes, because I know someone, I don't know if you follow them, they're like, tag yourself. It's always. So you see like every sort of snippet of dialogue in that thread usually. Um, yeah. It, not that I look through the thread, but I follow so many people. I do too. It always pops up. Succession is like definitely, I would say like the hottest show on Twitter in the modern era. There's not really anything else people are talking about. That it's like collectively that everyone watches. Because it crosses a lot of... Uh, different groups. People right? love it. Yeah. They like, I would it. say not everyone watches White Lotus. Like, that doesn't have the same pull. No. As Succession. But everyone watch, I feel like everyone on Twitter every week is like watching Succession and talking about it. You know, it makes people feel good because they're like, I like the best show on television. Mm. <laughs> taste. <laughs> I have good taste. Yeah. And I, I get everything. I get all the I references. don't get anything. <laughs> I don't get anything. It's like so difficult for me sometimes to comprehend. I'm like, what? I saw a funny tweet where someone was like, every week on Succession, it's like, and then we're going to turn over and it's going to go into equity and da da da. Me, whoa. <laughs> me, like, not understanding any of it. Yeah, but whoa. Still reacting. Like, yeah. whoa. Like, no, I have. It's like 60% of the show, I've like the dialogue. I'm like, all right, you guys have fun with Sounds that. Sounds bad. Sounds crazy. I'm really curious where they're going with Shiv and Matson. Because I'm not 100% sure what she's doing right now. By being kind of flirty with him? Yeah. Is she trying, like, where is she going to go? Is she going to side with her brothers? Is she trying to strike out against them in I, some way? I think she feels butthurt that her brothers have kind of kept her out of the loop on some stuff. Yeah, I think she's I think she's kind of keeping her options open if they do something, right? Every cuz she has a lot of pride. She, she also feels unrespected by she's, them. She feels disrespected and she has a lot of pride and I think and we've clearly seen this is a woman who is not afraid to backstab people or go behind people's back to do shit. Right. Um 
Yeah. I'm curious. I'm very curious to how this is all going to end. I mean, it might end uh, with nothing that crazy really happening because that's not necessarily like the point of succession. Right. It's not really... Going to end on this bang. Right. Like they're all not going to be like bankrupt and like living in apartments. (laughs) Six years later. (laughs) Yeah, six years later. It's not going to be a flash forward. Um, Of course... I'm such a hack. That's how I'd end the show. I'd be like, I some, then something crazy happens. I mean, I do want it to have a really good finale. I do too. Along the lines of like the Sopranos, maybe like where it's But sort that's of, like too crazy for succession. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the, the thing is they have their big bang with Logan's, like the Logan episode, right? That's yeah. their big shocking episode. So will they have another thing? Like what could possibly be the thing? Jerry takes over and leaves them all like in poverty, like you said. Uh, that's why I think for me, and I'm, the, I'm not a TV writer, so this is the most like <laughs> my idea of like what would be interesting to see is like all the kids because they're so just so they can never see the bigger picture. These kids, they're just so driven by their own pride and emotions that they fuck themselves and they end out completely shut out and like humiliated. Like an exciting version of that would be like, oh shit, it was cousin Greg all along pulling the strings (laughs) or Tom or something. See, we could never write for succession because we we watch too many soaps. Yes, but the reality is it's going to be something boring and business-like. Like Like the board voted them out. But the acting will will be impeccable to give it drama. Like the board just completely votes them all out and they no longer have any connection to the company. See, but that's what I think is even too dramatic for for succession. But I think that could happen with the whimper like it doesn't have to be a big thing it's like oh that we have no we move on now and the last shot is just like slack jawed um the kids are just like because it's also like what is their connection now yeah if they're not fighting for their dad's affection or the company right what do they have anyway just a bunch of rich losers yeah anyway what'd you eat desi well First of all, let's just talk about how Desi shamed me in the Discord this week. Oh, yes. For my uh, piggy behavior. Well, because you were like, oh, I had to use eggs. I, I did to have to eggs. use eggs, Well, Desi. you didn't make an egg white omelet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have been there, though. I had like a mostly full carton of eggs, and they were, the sell-by date was already passed. Now, you can use eggs. Mm-hmm. You can use eggs past the sell-by date. I know that. But I wanted to use these eggs before I forgot about them. And so I decided to bake a large cake that probably is supposed to feed um, 15 people. Did you eat it all? No. Well, where is it? It's in my fridge. <laughs> oh, it is. Oh, it's still it's available. It's very moist. It's still available if you want a bite of it. <laughs> of course I do. I made, and I've been craving slash wanting to make sticky toffee pudding for a while now. I don't know why. It's just such, whenever I see it, on a restaurant dessert menu, I always get it. I love it, and I've made it many times. I love it. I've never made it. I didn't want to make individual puddings because I just didn't. No. And it's like that's something that you do for when you have people over. I didn't want to make individuals. I wanted to make a big fucking slab cake, so I found a recipe that it was like sticky toffee pudding in a cake version. Yeah. So I found a recipe from... 
Ina. It's not Ina's recipe, but it's like one of her wealthy Hamptons friends' recipes, mm. and so they're co- she owns so you know like good. some bakery. So I trust Ina's taste. It's approved by Ina Garden. Yeah, it's a sticky toffee pudding cake. So it's just like the same recipe you'd use, but um, I just made a huge fucking cake, and then I poked holes in it and poured the toffee yeah. sauce on top of it, and it soaks in. It mm. makes everything really delicious. Um. I also had dates. I had dates in my pantry. What am I going to do with dates? Make a date shake? Something Ooh. healthy? No. Um, no. That I love that. I love sticky toffee pudding. It's truly one of my favorite desserts. It's so good. I actually remember the first time I saw it was at the Santa Monica Flea Market when mm. I first moved to LA. That was the first time you saw it? That's a long time ago. I know, but I'm... I mean, I think so. You didn't have sticky toffee puddings as a <laughs> didn't wee lad. You didn't... In Florida? No. <laughs> <laughs> or Long Island? It's not a thing. Yeah. I mean, I I do actually... Actually, I did know about it because Madonna talked about it. Oh. Remember when she moved to the UK and became really British? Yeah. She talked about sticky toffee pudding, so I knew it. Then I went to the Santa Monica um, flea market. Like, when I saw it, I was like, oh, sticky toffee pudding. Mm. Uh, and it was like some woman who was making like little, like put the, you put them in the oven. They were in their little metal or aluminum tray with the white cover, you know, yeah. the paper. Yeah. And that's how she was selling them. I didn't, I don't think I got one, but then I finally made, I started making them. Yeah. So it's so good. It's so good. And then I, I, it was like, a, you know, those things where you're like, I know I will like this. It has everything I like. <laughs> like I, yeah, I love it. Um, it's really good. Obviously, it's like usually served warm with like ice cream over it or whipped cream over it. Yeah, it's even good cold. I like took a chunk out. Of, <laughs> I took a bite out of it out of the fridge yesterday. Yeah, and it's so moist. It's a moist cake. Yes, that it's even good cold. Yes. Uh, I also had a slice of princess cake from Quarter Sheets yesterday. That wasn't my plan, Brendan bought it for me as a surprise because he was at Quarter Sheets with friend of the pod, Sandy Danto. Right. When I saw you get the princess cake, then I saw you post that Discord about the sticky toffee pudding because I saw you tweet about it, but it's like, you know how we all tweet, like, should mm. I make this? No, and I made never it. do. I made it. Because I never saw a picture. So then when I found it, I was like, wow, she had that. Then she got princess cake. I was like, someone's on a someone's on a little sweet bender. I didn't take a picture because it doesn't photograph well, right? Because it's so gunky and brown. Yes, that's true. It's not really like a, especially like I didn't make the cake look pretty because I'm like, this is for my own pig self. I'm not serving this to anyone, right? And when you photograph something ugly, you have to at least put like a snippet of a mint mint leaf or whatever, some green on top. But you always have to add a disclaimer, like it looks bad, but I swear it tastes good. And I hate doing, having to do that. We all know that we have all taken that picture of something we've made in the kitchen and had to decide are we going to post this or not? And had to put the disclaimer. I know it looks like shit, but trust me, it tastes really good. Yeah, I haven't post. I usually don't post them. I don't I can either. Get a good post. I don't either. But I see it all the time. But now. we see it all the time, and I have done that before. I'm trying to think if I have. I've definitely taken pictures. I'm like, this looks gross. I think the first time I ever made matzo balls, they looked. <laughs> it was the first. This was a really long time ago. The first time I ever made matzo balls, I was like, fuck, I'm really proud of myself, and they taste really good, but they're so wonky and shitty looking. 
I mean, part of the problem is I know that I'm so judgy in people's pictures that I've, I'm like, now I'm like, well, I can't because everyone's going to make fun of me. People, Even if I put the disclaimer, it doesn't I'm, matter. I'm, get, I'm getting cooked in the DMs. Yeah, I'm going to, I and I deserve it. Mm. So I got to, you know, be on top of that shit. Uh, I know how it works. Um, so yeah, did I eat anything? I, I have to go home after this and I'm going to be baking a lot. I did bake my... Um, Alexa's brown sugar chocolate chip cookies, which are really good if you like buttery, lacy, but also kind of chewy chocolate chip cookies. They're the best. And I made a new chocolate sugar cookie for this event. And then I have to go home and make cupcakes for Santi Dor uh, bake sale tomorrow. Mm. So I'm going to make a few styles. I'll post them on the various places so you guys can see them. And I already have some people... In our Discord, who are like gonna come buy them? So nice. hopefully they'll give us a nice review. If so I you, have to make them really good. If you want to join our Discord channel, you can talk with me and Desi one on one or in a group setting. I mean, but you can chat with us. We're very active in our Discord. We yeah. post lots of pictures in there. We have lots of there's lots of different channels. I really enjoy talking to people in the group. Everyone's super nice, and we have so many talented. Uh, people in the group who are bakers or cooks and they post their creations. Yeah. And there's also a channel for posting your pet and everyone everyone's dog or cat is very cute. Have we had any non-dog or cat animals? I'm posted? sure we've had like a I know I we've had a moose. It. I know we oh. had a we had a moose <laughs> once. It wasn't their pet, but they li- <laughs> but they live in like Canada and they're like here's a moose I saw. That's welcome. We and like that is welcome because we've done a lot of moose content surprisingly. We, we have done a few moose a stories. A few moose moose stories. <laughs> um Okay, I have an announcement. Oh. So I was supposed to say this at the top of the show, but we are obviously late on our main episode this week, and that is my fault. We were supposed to record on Friday, but I had to take Masha to the vet last minute. She's fine. She's fine. She's completely fine, but it was definitely... I was being an overprotective cat mom. I was worried about something, and she's totally fine, Uh, but I'm glad I took her to the vet anyway. I had a really embarrassing experience at the vet just because I <laughs> just I was just stupid. Yeah. Um, the vet was really nice, but she was like, she's like first the first thing that happened was she was like, Oh, I love her little back rolls. Yeah. And I was like debating on whether or not I would bring up Alyssa Edwards in that moment. I'm like, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be she's gonna be like, who? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> be like, oh, you know, back rolls. And then the second thing that happened was the vet was telling me, she goes, I'm like, so you think she's fine? And she's like, yeah, she's fine. I mean, if she takes a big turn, then call us. And I said, if she takes a big turd? And she says, no, I said turn. <laughs> and I realized, I'm like, why would a vet say turd? <laughs> They would not, and she didn't laugh when I said that, so I just Uh, felt humiliated. No, the worst is when they don't find humor in your stupidity. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's like, we can laugh about it. I tried to, I tried to play it off like, but I was very dead serious. I'm like, but if she takes a big turd, isn't that a good thing? (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) The story gets worse and worse. It gets worse. (laughs) I'm laughing because it's like, you're right. I didn't even think about that. Why would a doctor say turd? (laughs) 
<laughs> I thought she said that. I know, but because but they the would reason, never say turn. Because the reason I brought her in was she was throwing up, and then I, she looked constipated. I know. But they would say number they, two or bowel move. Like they would say bowel movement or poop, or bath. Go to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom or whatever. Um, but I really thought <laughs> she, she takes said, a big shit. Let me know. <laughs> I was like, if she takes a big turd, isn't that a good thing? And she's like, what? No, I said if she takes a big turn for the worse, like yeah. it, like for the worse. And then the third thing that happened that was my own damn fault was I don't know. I I spilled. I was like, I have. <laughs> I was like, I just have a lot of trauma going to the veterinary office. A former patient, uh, my cat Romy was a former patient here. I don't know if you remember her. It was like three <laughs> years ago. We had to go to the vet a lot during the last year of her life. And she was like, gave me this look like we have like a thousand different cats and dogs. I like you, you refer to her as a former patient. She was a former patient. <laughs> I know, it just sounds funny that an animal is a patient. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's exactly how I phrased it too. And I, exactly what I said was I have a lot of trauma surrounding the vet. And I do. You also break out in herpes on your lip when you have to go to the vet. I do not have feline herpes. I do not have feline herpes. I like herpes. that you need to be sedated to go to the... I like, do. <laughs> I'm not afraid to say that I, I'm i queasy going to the vet's office because of... Yeah. This is not going to be sad story corner, but no. it was very um, unpleasant going to the vet for the last year of Romy's life, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But now it's even unpleasant because you have... Melon is so stressed. <sighs> Like it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot. Masha was such a good girl though. I was so proud of her. She was so good. Yeah. I've never had like a super difficult vet Melon's difficult. He's so difficult. Like they don't like it. Yeah. They'll like cry when they're in their carrier, but they'll kind of cry in their carrier no matter what. She, Masha usually cries in her carrier, but she didn't at all on the way over there, which is part of also that added to the stress of like, oh my God, something's wrong. She's not, but she was just chill. I think I told you with my cat... Why do I like sometimes he'll he used to eat bugs mm. and then I would be like he's sick because he would get sick from eating a bug <laughs> and then I would he'd be like kind of like out of it and not himself and then I would take him to the vet the emergency vet thinking that he po- he was poisoned or right. something and the adrenaline of the visit to the vet would snap him out of whatever he maybe he had a tummy ache <laughs> I have no idea and then I was like well I just blew two hundred dollars for nothing that's what happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> so so it happened like, to, that's what happened to me yesterday. Not only did I blow a couple hundred bucks. I mean, we got her. I got I just had her since she was there. I'm like, well, check her out. Yeah. Like, make sure she's Because okay. she was just there too, right? She was just there for a routine cardiology appointment. Right. Her but heart's she had, fine, yeah. but she... She was kind of checked out during that process too. Yeah. And so she's fine and... um Everything's good there. It was just like, and as soon as we got home, she's like, I'm perfectly fine, mom. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm all going to be annoying again. It's a classic cat move. It was such a cat move. Um, She's very cute though. And we love her. And, you know, we're like hopelessly devoted cat moms. Yeah. They deserve everything. They deserve the world. I I had one final okay so all of that being said we are recording our main episode tomorrow night 
Yes. And we had because we had to reschedule because we're doing uh we have a guest. Because we have a guest on the show. So right. And it, he had to obviously he, can't just do it whenever he had, Yeah, he, had he has things. a life. He has a weekend. He has a stuff planned. So we had to work with everybody's schedule. So that'll be up, I don't know, Monday morning. And yeah. then we'll resume our schedule as normal. Yes. From there. Yes. And then we'll have bitch slap episodes coming if you're a subs- if you're a subscriber to our other podcast. Yes. Bitch slap. <laughs> I just have to like say it cuz some people don't know we have a whole other podcast. Yeah, you should definitely check it out. It's free. Even if you don't watch the show we're recapping, a, people seem to like it regardless. And it is a labor of love. I just want to reiterate that show uh we will do that show till the wheels fall off. I don't I don't care how many people listen to it. Yeah, I mean, but we I have a lot of listeners. So. We do, we yeah. do. I'm just saying. Yeah, we enjoy doing bitch slap. So yeah, check check out bitch slap and check out HollywoodCrimeScene.com for our merch options. We're working on some new designs. We have some new merch designs coming soon, but we already have some a lot of merch designs on our on our page. Yeah, HollywoodCrimeScene.com. Anyway, Bye. that's it. Bye. <laughs> Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.